Hi, my name is Tim Francis. I'm at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in St. Joseph, Missouri, and I have a great, great honor to have a short conversation with, with Father Stephen Hansen, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Tim. Thanks for being here last night, and this is a great moment. Thanks for being here. What a beautiful place. You know, yeah. I said last night, I said, probably back in 50 years ago, if, if, if you, the priest came and talked about anything, it would be packed, yeah. you know? I mean, you just have everybody showing up, and our culture has been, uh, it's just been so uh, vicious, I think, against, mm -hmm. against our yeah. faith. Mm -hmm. And so we're in a battle. And so I think both of us were part of the culture. So if you don't mind, kind of start with uh, uh, your, your childhood. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin. I'm one of seven children. I'm actually named after a priest. My mom's uncle, Father Steve, was a priest. I used his chalice, actually, last night at Mass. No, oh, well, last I was used their chalice as a gift. But he was a, a parish priest in South Central Wisconsin, and I'm named after him. Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, and as I mentioned, I think at dinner last night, it was during college years that I actually had a mentor that I didn't know what it meant to be anti-Catholic, but convinced me that you know Catholics were negative and, and shame-based, and I needed positive religion. So I kind of got into the, the self-help movement and the power of positive how, thinking How was movement. he a mentor? In what way? It, it, he was my uh, boss at work. He was, uh, okay. so when I was a young college student, and um, what were you doing, uh, work-wise? Studying, so I studied accounting and finance, of all things. Okay. I minored in economics, and then I, actually, since I've been a priest, I've gotten a biology degree, so it's a <laughs> crazy story. Wow. But my upbringing in Racine was wonderful. My parents, we never, ever, 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 ever missed Mass. Um, <laughs> never. Never, yeah. never. I mean, vacations, it was always like, where are we going on Mass? And a great childhood of great Catholic grade school and high school, went to university nearby and stayed at home, of all things. And it was one thing led to another, and I wasn't going to church on Sunday. Yeah, so that's my, my early upbringing. So, one of seven, so how many boys and girls? Four girls, and I'm the oldest boy, so two girls myself, and then we have four more after me. Um, yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll be seeing them in the weekend after Thanksgiving for a little get-together, but they're all in Wisconsin. Got yeah. it, so you went off to college. Well, the co I actually didn't go off to college. I went to uh, a school in Kenosha, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, Parkside, stayed at home. But at that time, I was going to church and not going to church. And then really when I graduated... Did your parents know you were not going to church? They didn't know I wasn't going to church when I was in their home, probably. So this is going to be recorded. So. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, uh, I, have, I have to admit, they were very... Um, Wait, you, were you sneaking Respectful of my freedom. At the same time, when you lived in their house, you went to church. So I... Uh, didn't, didn't always go to church. I don't have exact recollection yeah. of the college days, but one thing is for sure, when I, when I finished and moved out, that I was, actually I was, and, and what goes around comes around too. I think there was some, an element of truth in the reality that Robert W. Shuler had a show called The Hour of Power in, in Garden Grove, California, the Crystal Cathedral. Now, the Cathedral of Jesus Christ, I think it's called. It's in the Diocese of Orange, California. So Robert Schuller was a very positive influence in my life in the way he preached. In fact, um, he's a Protestant. He was, he's deceased now, but Fulton J. Sheen was a guest. Mother Teresa was a guest. While I was watching, I remember this, and Robert Schuller, when he um, passed the baton on to his son at the Crystal Cathedral, the Hour of Power, he actually... Uh, the, the, the ministry did, wasn't doing as well, and they had to sell the, the Crystal Cathedral. Mm -hmm. And they had multiple offers of more money, to be honest with you, with Protestants, but they weren't going to have Sunday Masses. 
Sunday services and he wanted Sunday services. So he, they took a discount and sold the Crystal Cathedral to the Diocese of Orange, which is now the Catholic Archdiocese of, of Orange. So there's, you know, I look now and I look at that, those times away from the church in a positive light. My parents were right. The church is the truth. The Eucharist is the truth. I'm a priest now. In fact, I say this quite often from the pulpit. This weekend I did that John Paul II wrote in Dominus Jesus with the year 2000 that what makes, technically speaking, we would say that Protestants are ecclesial communities. To be a church, you have to have a priest and the Eucharist. To have a priest, you have to have a bishop. So I often tell the people, more is asked of us because we have the Eucharist and we have the sacrament of penance in the confessional. Scott Hahn used to say, the Holy Spirit can be powerful in Protestants. And I think Robert W. Schuler, at the time in, that time in my life, the Holy Spirit was powerful in him. And the fact that he would humble himself and sell that building to Catholics when Protestants offered even more money is, is telling. Yeah, it is. Of our times today. You know, I shared this weekend, I was driving into Kansas City last week and the antiphon for Mary's birthday and midday prayer was uh, born of royalty. Mm -hmm. And I was driving along and I thought, I wonder if Queen Elizabeth's gonna die today, royalty, mm. you know, and she did. She met, John Pope Francis said, she did more for UK Holy See relations than any other, of course, uh, you know, king or queen of England. And so there's a lot of, I, I really wanna say that I want to make it a positive thing about leaving and coming back. I came back through, you know, I was, I was thinking about last night when you were speaking and how maybe 50 years ago the cathedral could have been packed. A priest said recently, don't complain about people not coming to Mass on Sundays. Worry about the souls of people who aren't at Mass on Sundays. Yeah. And I think there's something, yeah. my parents worry. A true worry, love for souls. Yeah. Exactly. My yeah. parents' true love for me and my soul, were true, sincere worry about it uh, is what brought me back. Well, so, and let's talk uh, about that. So, so, so you, you weren't going sporadically. Yep. Yep. And then, I understand you went to medical. So, yeah, so I, so I, I got so, I was so into the, the power of positive thinking <clears throat> movement that I, um, Where'd that come from? From the Hour of Power? The Hour of Power, right. Okay. Robert Schuller. Was the Hour like of Power. Norman Vincent Peale type? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. The, yeah, exactly. He read his book inside and out, yeah. watched him, uh, listened to him. Um, by the way, there's also people like, uh, there was a, I was a runner at the time, and there are runners that take that same kind of attitude, you know, think yourself into winning and going further. Sure. So that's, it's all a good, that's a good thing. I mean, self-talk is important. Yeah. Um, I was listening to somebody last week that said, you know, don't, you don't just, and I give this advice in the confessional. It's not just, I, I, I'm sorry for what I'm doing and I want to change, it's I believe I can change. Yeah, and then with you take, the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Right, exactly. And then, <clears throat> but then you, then you with, with the Holy Spirit, you take steps to, to, to make the change. And so for me, I had left the church uh, in the, this kind of this sense of power positive thing. I was a runner, health nut, and a friend of mine, a girl I was dating, is. A brother was in med school and she, we had just got, a number of us got to talking, but I, I thought about considering medical school. So lo and behold, the place that I'd gone to business school in had a very good pre-med program and they actually sought me out. Maybe they thought, oh, we're gonna get a banker to become a doctor or something like that. I don't know, but they were wonderful people. And by the grace of God, I did well in pre-medicine mm -hmm. and I found myself in med school. 
And it was there that I went to a non-denominational Bible study. This guy was amazing. I still have him in my contacts on my phone. His name is, now he's Dr. Peter. And I knew there was something missing. And I remember going to the you mall. You thought there was something missing in the Bible study. In, in the Bible great, study, was... but also in my, in my own soul. I was just not content. <clears throat> hey, wait, real quick. Did, have you told, did, that time, did you tell your parents, hey, I, I'm, I'm in a, did they know you were in a Bible study? No, okay, I don't think you. so. I don't think so. But what I ended up doing was taking a year off. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I literally drove home from med school. I was in Des Moines, uh, took a year off, got a part-time job, kept my seat in med school, and a family friend who had been uh, himself, gone, himself gone through conversion. He had gone to, his name is Larry. He had gone to Mexico City on a trip with a banking, with his wife. He was a banker, the same bank that I worked at. What did he see, Our Lady of Guadalupe? Yes. <laughs> so he, no, he, well, he saw the image. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He came home and started going to daily mass and praying the hey, daily rosary. Had you rosary. heard about all that before? No, no, I hadn't. Okay, never heard of it. Right? Never heard of it. Never okay. heard of it. In fact. Did he, did he come back telling you about Our Lady of Guadalupe? No, he did not at all. In fact, okay. he came back and started going to mass daily, <clears throat> weekly. And I knew nothing about what was going on in his heart. Then he went to Medjugorje. <clears throat> By the time I met him eight times. What, he got, yearly, what this year? Is, this is in the 19, the early 1990s. Okay. Yeah. So, so early on I, in Medjugorje. I'm a, yeah, and I leave, my first leave of absence was probably 97. And I took a year off and my mom had said to me, I always, people always say, where's your vocation come from? And I'll, I'll sometimes say, Piggly Wiggly. No, what does Piggly Wiggly have to you, do with you this? You work there but, hmm? Did you work at Piggly Wiggly? No, my <laughs> mother was shopping in Piggly Wiggly. Uh -huh. And the wife of the man who had gone to Mexico City, they were chit-chatting in the, in, the, in the aisles of the grocery store. And... Um, Rosemary, Larry's wife, Rosemary, says, how are the kids? And my mom said, they're all fine, going back to that point about worry. Yeah. And mom said, they're all okay, but I worry about Steve. Uh, uh. He's not going to church. I relate. Right, so, yes. so that the two moms are talking. Larry go, Rosemary goes home and tells her husband, Larry. My Get mom, into Medjugorje. <laughs> who, they've been to Medjugorje eight times. But, yeah. he, but she goes home and says that Margie, my mom, is worried about Steve, me. Yes. Uh -huh. and, my mother's at the bank that I had worked at. Now I'm on leave from med school. And Larry says to my mother, um, t tell Steve if he wants to come back to the church, I'd be, I'd be happy to help. He'd be happy to help me. Okay. So I'm at their house one evening and I, I'm leaving my little apartment, working this part-time job. And my mom says to me as I'm leaving, you know, Larry said he would help you come back to the church if you wanted. And I'm like- What was your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, 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 I'll be honest with you, my thoughts were, my external thoughts were, I don't I have my Bible, my Bible and Robert Schuller. Yeah. Thank you, but like no. Like if I wanted to go back to church, I'd go, Mom. Why are you asking? So I leave the house, and I, I, I oftentimes joke that I had tears in my eyes, but they weren't rolling down my cheeks. You know, it's a little tears in my eyes. So I remember, I can't tell if it was a day, a week, or a month later, but it was shortly after that, I called Larry at the bank, mm -hmm. and he choked on the wait, telephone. Wait, why did you have a tear? I'm just saying that maybe God was, grace was working. You didn't know why? But I didn't know what grace you, was. But you didn't know why you had it too? Because my, what, let's, forget, let, let's just continue okay. with the story. All right. <laughs> All right. So, I, so I had a, they had, you know, I, I remember distinctly kind of like my, my heart was touched by that, yeah. but I wouldn't let it be shown. Yeah. And I told my mom, don't worry, I have my Bible. Wow. And so I called Larry, unbeknownst to my parents, like I said, a, a day, a week, a month later, I just don't know. I can never forget, I've told this story many times, even in my own preaching from the pulpit, he, um, he choked on the phone. And he was a gasp, you know, like, yeah, 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 I, I, I'll help you. 
So you called him and said? I, I said, I want to come. My mom said, you can help me come back to the church. Wow. I'd like to talk about that. Wow. And the, the funny thing is that years later, I would find out my first, my first Easter vigil, I, I can tell you what date that I called him. It was April 8th because the reason he was gasping on the phone, which he told me later, was the night before he was at a place called Marytown. It's the, it's the uh, national headquarters of the militia of the Immaculata of Maximilian Kolbe. And the priest, he was joining the MI, the militia of the Immaculata, founded by Father Kolbe, St. Maximilian Kolbe. He was joining the MI and there was a group of people and the, and the priest, as he was putting them, they always put miraculous medals on for, I, I'm an MI member myself now, I'll go back to Our Lady Guadalupe in a minute. But um, he said, uh, those who, I, as I put the medal on your head, as you're joining the MI today, I want you to think of somebody who's away from the church. And he thought of you. So he gets to Larry and Larry mentions me the first time ever he prayed for the me. The night was, before this? The night before. Wow. I call him the next day. So he was gasping because Our Lady works fast. Now, the, the <laughs> but by the way, April 8th, is that a feast day? That so we're... April 8th is, is one of the feast days of my confirmation saint. Uh, of course. I picked Walter, who is my grandfather's name, didn't know there was a St. Walter, on some calendars, his feast day is on April 8th. But also, my first Easter vigil as a Catholic priest was 10 years oh to the hour that he prayed for me. Oh my April goodness. 7th, April 2000. 7th. April 7th, I was in Lexington, Missouri for my, for my, my first Easter vigil oh, wow. as a priest in 2000. In 2000 Seven. Talk about the intercession of the saints. And then, when, when I, after, I had, after I had come back to the sacraments through that encounter, I actually came back to them at Marytown, the priest asked me if I wanted to join the MI myself. And I said, sure. And he said, uh, how about the Feast of the Immaculate Conception? This would have been the next year, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, well, uh, I have to work that day. And he said, how about Our Lady of Guadalupe? And I said, who's that? December 12th, right? <laughs> I, I didn't know who she was. Yeah, right, right, I mean, right. I, was so, I was so naive. So when you asked me the question earlier, did he talk about a lady de Guadalupe? No, but that's who got him. And that's, I would say, the that's who got city. me, yeah. you know, yeah. when I made that consecration. Yeah. So that's yeah, the- Indirectly, because he got it from Mexico City. And right. Then, yeah. And then when I, when I made that consecration, I learned who she was. And now the chalice that I did use last night has a, a node of called Jasper, which has all the colors of Our Lady de Guadalupe's cloak oh. within it. So. It's, it's a great, I mean, I, I would say I'm the luckiest. You know, I asked this, I talked to this man, Larry, quite often. He's 95 now. Okay. I buried his wife. I buried my own parents. And uh, it's been a beautiful 16 and a half years of priesthood um, that goes back to Piggly Wiggly, one mother worrying about her son, you know? Yeah, the and power then, of a mother's prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's incredible. So you're, you, of the seven, um, are, they thought it was great I did become a priest? Or does some of them go, are you crazy? What's, what happened to that? One of my sisters, I tell this story publicly, she said, first it was you were selling banking, money. <laughs> then you were selling health. Then now you it's, doctor. Now it's Jesus, what's next? And I, to which and I said to my sister, if there's a next, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, if you get called to sell Jesus, you better. But of course, everybody sells Jesus, which you made a very good point last night. The baptismal priesthood is where we all offer that sacrifice. And if there's one thing on, in my preaching that I talk about a lot, it's going back to you're not better because you're Catholic. More is asked of you because you're Catholic. Mm. Because you can go to Mass and you can sit in the pews and you can say, my, you know, Lord, 
you know, I offer this, this is my offering today. Then you can go back to the pew as you commune, body, blood, soul, and divinity with Jesus. You know, Father Adolf Tangere, author of this, called The Spiritual Life, mm. he said that when, we, when we're in communion with our Lord like that, we should be able to say, you know, body, blood, soul, and divinity, not just body, you know, just body of Christ, your body, it's body, blood, soul, and divinity that, Lord, take over my imagination of how I'm looking at this problem that I have. Now that is, is a huge gift. Mm. And it's, it's also a responsibility, you know, for, for Catholics, not just priests, that's clericalism. We're all, we're all priests, we're all part of the priesthood of Jesus Christ, priest, prophet, and king. That's what I do when I baptize in the back, right? Mm. We baptize you priest, prophet, and king. And so that baptismal priesthood is so powerful. And very good point last night. Oh, so. it was a revelation to me. So, so in reality, you could go to mass, you could pray the rosary, and that doesn't mean you're holy. It's meant to help you become holy, the devotional right. and sacramental life. Is that a right. way to, to put it? You know, yeah. it, we gotta have our heart into it, which goes to Medjugorje, if I can talk about that, because yeah. I, I remember going there, no, like you, knowing nothing, okay? Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about nothing until 2009. And then within two years, I heard about Our Lady Guadalupe, this, that, this, that. And I remember the, the thing when, when I went to Medjugorje that was over and over and over and over again was the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. It's all from the heart, it's all from the heart, it's all from the heart. Uh, but maybe you can talk about your experience there and what got you to go there and your experience. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time, but I'll do my best. Okay. Um, so when I was in, when I had come back to the sacraments on the way to Marytown with Larry, on the way to visit that priest, when I ultimately would return to the sacraments and then join the MI, I went back to med school. And um, while I was there, he said, he had, he had said to me on the way to Chicago, you should go to Mojigoria. You should go to Medjugorje. Larry said this. Larry said this. Okay. So, so he, I've, been to, I've been to Guadalupe. This is where it all began. I've been to Fatima. I've been to Lourdes. I've been all, they, they did a whole world tour of Marian shrines, but there's something special. Now, about Larry living. had been to all these places. Yes. Okay. And, and to Medjugorje by six and or eight said, times. And he said, they're all wonderful, but you need to go to Medjugorje. Yes, we said. Okay. So I'm like, thank you, but no. <clears throat> so I went back to med school. Did you I, know anything about Medjugorje? Not really. Okay. I mean, as far as, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, I didn't even know our lady Guadalupe right, was. With you. So yeah. I was just trusting a family friend. God was working in a way that I never expected them. I never thought about the priesthood yeah. until I was at, by the way, on the way home from that trip to, to Marytown in Chicago, remember after I had called them on April 7th, mm -hmm. we made an arrangement, or on April 8th, we had made that arrangement to go down there on the way home is when he asked me if I thought of being a priest. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I've never thought of being a priest. And I continued home, and then I went back to med school. So now, I, now I'm in class. Mm. Now my apartment is catty corner from a perpetual adoration chapel oh, at St. Wow. Augustine's Church. <laughs> that was set up. <laughs> and, and, the, and the priest there <clears throat> did ministry at Franciscan University during the, the Don Bosco conference. So I'm, now I'm getting asked in confession if you thought of being a priest. This oh, guy wow. had asked me if I thought of being a priest. I'm getting encouraged to go to Steubenville, which I ultimately did. But it was while I was there that he said, you should go to Medjugorje. And I got a, I got a, a copy of a trip um, from a couple in Kansas, Nevich and Frank Jelich, Nevis and Frank Jelich, and I went. My parents paid for it, and I went, and I, I returned on June 27th. When I was there, on June 27th, um, the last day I was there, I went to confession one more time, and I said to the priest, you know, I came all the way here. I've climbed, climbed the mountain where, the hill where Mary has appeared, I've gone up Cross Mountain, which is much higher and where they built these stations of the cross. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know if I'm supposed to be a priest. And I traveled all the way here for this. And, and I never forget the priest said, and I said, besides that, you know, I'm not exactly the sharpest pencil in the case. What I actually said was, I'm too gullible to be a priest, too naive, you know. Mm -hmm. I got pulled out of the church and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. How can I be a priest? What's, mm -hmm. What material is that? How can I be all in? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because he had this photograph of Pentecost with, with the Holy Spirit coming on, our lay, on the, the apostles and Mary was present. Mm -hmm. She was in the upper room. Mm -hmm. And um, he said two things. One, you don't come to Medjugorje to know if you're supposed to be a priest, you come here to get strength in the Holy Spirit. Mm. Number two, he pointed to Peter in the photograph and said, who is that? And of course, it's Peter. What's his name? I knew it was Simon. What does that mean? And he said, blown by the wind. Mm. He said, he was the most gullible of the apostles and they made him the, the first bishop of Rome. I think that you're okay with being oh, a priest. Yeah. So I went home. I, I, didn't, I didn't leave knowing anything okay. except I had peace. That, that maybe I, Maybe it was, it was possible. So it was huge. That was huge for me to come back. And then I withdrew from med school uh, ten on July 7th, 1998. 10 days. And maybe going, if I can, back. I'll conclude with this because I really, the people at the nursing home are expecting a yeah, piece sure. of mass at 10, <clears> but I'll, I'll <throat> conclude with this. I remember my cousin had gone to Medjugorje. He was a, he was a lawyer. He was, he was teaching at the law school at Mizzou at the time. And I was kind of a confidant and I was calling my cousin Jerry and could this be and how could this be and you know and I remember feeling comfortable talking with him about leaving med school. I mean this is hard to get in right? Mm -hmm. It's not you know so I had this seat and I'm I'm back from a second leave of absence, by the way. So I went to Medjugorje, then I came back. Yep. But that required a second leave of absence. So yep. I had leave of absence for a year, I came back. Then I decided to go to Medjugorje, took another year off. Mm -hmm. Then I come back and, um, and, my, and I remember turning on the television and it was, there was a C, there was a TV show on, it was, a, it was on CBS. It was called um, LA Doctors. It was on for one season, LA Doctors. Mm -hmm. and, the, and there was a commercial and it said, we don't just practice medicine, we live it. And it was about these, you know, studly doctors scooping the loop and doing all this. I thought, that's medicine? And then, I, you know, it kind of just, it just kind of caught my attention. Then I, I switched it maybe during the commercial or after, and it was a BBC show, and there were some people laughing at the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And there was a light bulb in the place of her heart, and they were laughing at the statue. And it made me, I didn't know what blasphemy against mm. the heart of Mary was. Mm. I didn't know about Fatima and, or the, the promises of First Saturdays. And I remember seeing that. And then there was a movie on about, uh, an, another movie on a channel about a priest on a leave of absence from the priesthood. And here I am on leave of absence from med school, right? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like not a good movie. And I just decided, you know what, I want to, I want to do something good. I want to be a priest. Hmm. And I sealed the envelope and, and put it in the mailbox and it was over. Wow. That what was July was that? 7th, 1998. 1998. And I was in Steubenville in January of 1999. And here I am, 2022, a priest of 16 and a half years in, in the Cathedral of St. Joseph in St. Joseph, Missouri, talking to Tim Francis, who speaks about many things that I went through. So. Well, I know you have to go. And first of all, thanks for being a priest. I mean it from my heart. Truly, I, I mean, it's amazing what you do. If maybe as you end, as you leave, you could look into the camera and tell folks who might hear this, whether Catholic or not Catholic, why consider practicing Catholicism? 
because God loves you. God loves you and he created you in his image and likeness. And um, he wants to fill you with many graces, just like anybody who loves you wants to fill you, lavish you with gifts. And the, the greatest gift is the Eucharist. The, maybe the second greatest gift is remission of your sins. He said in John 20, 23, the sins you forgive are forgiven them. The sins, I'm going to go to confession today after I have mass with, with, at the convent and a brief ear doctor appointment, I'll go to confession. And those are beautiful words to hear I absolve you and to hear the words body of Christ and you, you get to say amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. The Lord be with you. The Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.